Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio, and St. Rose Radio in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Marianne Jepson, a Catholic counselor here in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm Father John Sims Baker, a pastor of St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we're happy to have you with us, Father, and we're happy to have all of our listeners with us. Thank you for joining us. This show is about you, and we love to have your questions. We love to um, answer them. Father Baker and I try to stumble through them. Well, I should speak for myself. I try to stumble through them. He, of course, always has the great answers. But anyway. Oh, (laughs) flattery will get you everywhere. Oh, good. That's why I'm doing it. That's But it's the truth. Anyway, um, you can send your questions to abidinginhope.com, and we will air them on upcoming shows. So please send those questions in. And, Father, I hope you're well there in Murfreesboro. I am finer than a frog's hair. I and was hoping you'd say that, yes. That's mighty fine. Actually. That's mighty fine. That is mighty <laughs> fine. things in Columbus. Uh, things are, uh, you know, just like we don't have any of those cool sayings like you have, so I just don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> All's well. Maybe Good. not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as usual, we need to start off with a prayer, because we need all the prayers we can get. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we praise you, and bless you, and glorify you. Thank you. We ask your pardon for our sins, and we ask you to give us the grace that we need for today, the graces that we need to live according to your holy will, to be listening and receptive to all that you send to us, knowing that you always give us everything that we need uh, to wait and abide with you. And be open to everything you want to give us so that we can respond in peace and in confidence as your beloved children. And we ask these prayers through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we also ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother, praying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Gabriel the Archangel. Pray for us. St. Rose of Lima. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. (coughs) Father, you know, I realized during that prayer, perhaps it was divine inspiration, that I misspoke, because we do have some pretty cool sayings around here, and I'm going to see if you know how to answer this first one. Okay. O-H. Oh, no. Oh, you are so wrong. (laughs) Dave will help me on this one. I owe, I owe. Oh, I owe. all right. We didn't need I Dave. To be, oh. I had to be bad. Oh, you had, had to, be, to bad. be bad. Go Bucks. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> he's down in Tennessee now. You know, he he's oh, good heavens. <laughs> good heavens. Can we do it right this time? O H. Let's do it. I right. owe. All right, you got it. Okay, good right. deal. You've redeemed yourself. 
All right. I do. I, I have very happy memories of being there <laughs> right in the heart of it all in central Ohio. Actually, that was a great answer. I love it. I love the humor. All right, Father, let's get busy. Here's the first let's question. I am writing for some advice on converting to the Catholic faith. I grew up in an anti-Catholic family for reasons I accepted but never really questioned or understood. Through a series of encounters with devout Catholic friends, I became drawn to Catholicism and began to seriously study the faith. I have no doubt that God has been leading and guiding me to his church, and I love it that this individual capitalizes his church. Yet I'm afraid to take that step because of the hurt and anger it will cause my family. I'm an adult, so it isn't like I need their permission, but in their minds, they equate Catholicism to a cult. Do you have advice on how to handle telling them or just converting and not telling them? Thank you both. That's well, yours. Well, that's, a, that's a really beautiful question. Yeah, it is. And very sensitively put. I mean... I think really weighing a lot of the, you know, issues that are there. Um, on the one hand, you know, recognizing the, you know, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, you know, in this person's heart, leading them to the church, but also realizing, you know, that that does, can and does affect other people, and to be sensitive to that as well. So, um, you know, how how to balance that? I think that's essentially, you know, what the question is. Um, in the first place, I would say, you know, I would go ahead, if you really are, as you say, you have no doubt that God has been leading you and guiding you into the Catholic Church, then then I think you need to go ahead and take active steps in that regard, you know, to go and talk to your parish and get involved in, you know, probably some form of the RCIA process or something like that. Leave that up to, you know, your, your own parish there to, to you know, to get involved on that, you know, concrete level. Sometimes people have, but you said it's through encounters with good Catholic friends and that thing. Sometimes it's a, but there are a lot of levels of our conversion that it takes time, you know, to to do and and a conversion, not only an intellectual conversion, but sometimes a conversion of our lives. Sometimes even a, a conversion of the way we pray or worship, or a conversion of even. Um, you know, the way we live to some extent. And and I think that's one of the questions you have here is, of course, how this is going to affect your family who have, um, for whatever reasons, have very negative uh, impressions and convictions about the Catholic Church, which isn't, you know, very, that's not uncommon, actually. Um, so I would say on the first, I think you're absolutely right. You should not let them veto your decision, and I think you ought to go forward, uh, you know, in an orderly way about your process. I would say, that, and this isn't maybe an absolute statement, but I think you do need to tell them what you're doing. Um, I, I, I think, again, sort of living in the truth, Letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah, unfortunately, we've, we've heard that gospel from that Jesus said, you know, I have come to bring division, and specifically mentions, you know, division within family, which is, you know, uh, so sad, but a reality that, unfortunately, far too many people live with. But I think, again, it's out of respect to your family 
I would let them know what you're doing. Now, you might want to really want to pray for some guidance of that when and how to do that. Um, that being said, I mean, I could imagine maybe some circumstances in which maybe it would do more harm than good. But I think on the whole, it's better to be upfront and and you know, the saying of my father's total disclosure is usually a good rule uh, to let to let people know. One of the things that I will say, maybe as a consolation to you, is sometimes people react very you know negatively at the time, but maybe if they see what kind of fruit it has in your life, they might be won around to some extent. Also, sometimes people. Their, their bark has been really bad, but when we come, you come to the moment, I've known some people who have, you know, maybe members, family members who then soften in their approach. But sad to say, I've also known people who remain, you know, very, and have maybe even essentially cut off a relationship, you know, based on that. So I know it's not an easy thing. Um, it is something that Jesus himself foresaw, uh, and so go to him. Uh, and ask for his uh, help and guidance, ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. But I would think it would be good to tell them. I would try to look for a time, I think probably sooner rather than later in the process. Um, and but, but maybe wait also for the moment. You know, sometimes um, a door will open or a conversation will come up, and you say, ah, oh, this is a good good time to do it, or better time. <laughs> maybe there's not a good one, but... Um, that would be my advice. Mary, Marianne, you probably have better insight on this. Well, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, it's very, um, I'm sure, frightening and isolating and just all around difficult to have to make the choice between your family and God. Um, but we know that in all things, you know, if we turn to God first, the rest falls into place. Now, sometimes it doesn't fall into place like we'd like, right? Like we have in mind. Um, But we're turning our lives over to him then and allowing him to be the one who makes the decisions and leads our lives and we follow him. And the thing I would say in all of this is that um, as frightening and isolating and difficult as it all is, um, you're really in good company when you look towards the saints and things because um, there have been many, many who have followed that path um, really singularly towards God before you and have had to leave family. I mean, I, I think of like St. Francis. I think of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of saints who have done that. And um, actually, I don't know if there's a book out there that would uh, have uploaded all of those saints who have had to make the choice between family and God and have followed God, but I sure think it would be a good book to have on the market. Um, when you make that choice to do that, the rewards will be there. The graces will be there in the midst of all of the suffering that you might have to have, um, have to endure with your family. But I agree with Father that um, over time, if your family and you, if you're able to maintain the relationships with them and they see your kindness and your humility and your joy 
at, with the faith, if they see the virtues coming through you in their presence, that's a gift to them. And ultimately, you know, they might want what you have. You may be able to lead them more by your actions than your words in all of it, in just by showing them how good the faith really is and how good the grace is. The graces then can flow through you to them. And what a gift that is to give them, even if you have to endure all kinds of bad comments and ridicule and that sort of thing. Um, You may lose them, but that's the risk you take. Even if you can keep the relationship and at some distance, that's better than cutting it off completely, I think, because... Um, just because you're a Christian, and and um, as difficult as it is, you still would hope that you can help them get to heaven. Um, so it's I agree with Father in terms also of about the full disclosure. I just believe that it's you're you know it's um, the saying Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. So by not telling them. And you're kind of hiding it from them and things. I'm not sure what good can come from that unless there's really, really, really something bad going to come down on you or your family because of that. Um, then probably full disclosure is best and you might have to cut the relationship. But um, I I just feel like it's probably best to speak with them about it and try to be as non-emotional, as charitable, as virtuous all the way around as you can be in the course of that conversation. So I guess that's about all I have to say. Father, any other final thoughts on that one? Well, I would just, you know, um, echo, you know, what you said, that that God isn't going to let you down. Uh, And even though it may be hard to see at this point, point, you know, what he's going to do. He, he's going to always give you what you need, you know, to make it through things. He always gives us the grace that we need. So count on him. He's not going to let you be more generous than he is. You yeah, know? yeah. And also, Marianne, I think your advice of not taking these things personally is also, who knows what it is that has brought up this aversion to the Catholic uh, faith in the members of your family. So don't, don't take it personally as well. That would be the one other thing I would add. Um, and, and, and persevere, persevering. So. Mm-hmm. Persevere and hope, right? That's right. That's right. Stay with it. All right. That was an excellent question. Thank you so much for sending that in. And if you'd like to send your questions in, you can do so by going to abidinginhope.com and dropping them off there, and we will use them on future shows. We really appreciate it. This is, again, Abiding in Hope, and I am Marianne Jepson, and my co-host is... Father John Sims Baker. He's in Tennessee, and I'm in Ohio. Yay. Go Bucks. Yay. O-H. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got him. Okay, our next question is this one. I am very good at starting novenas and do well for the first few days, and then I miss a day, and I feel like all is lost. Sometimes I double up on the next day, but I never seem to get back in the flow. My question is this. Are there still graces in praying a novena if you miss a day or two? Most recently, I began the Divine Mercy novena, prayed for the first four days, then missed two and gave up. 
I go to the I did go to the special Divine Mercy Sunday service at my parish, received the Eucharist on that day, and received the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So I finished strong. Do I qualify for the graces promised to Saint Faustina? How can I be more consistent in praying novenas? Good question. And I look forward to Father's answer on this one because I could have written this one myself. Anyway, go for it, Father. Well, actually, Marianne and I were both confessing that I think we, either one of us could have written this question yes. to tell you the truth. So, um, well, um, first of all, I would say, uh, yes, you do. Um, are there still graces? Yes, there are always graces. <laughs> And God always gives us all the graces that we need. Sometimes God does attach special graces, you know, to particular things, and I think that's the idea of novenas and other sorts of things like this. But what I'd like to encourage you to think of this, like, is that these things, like a novena, doesn't limit what God can do for us. Oh, you missed a day, so I'm sorry, that's it. I can't give you graces. Um, I, I, I don't think that's the attitude that God has about this. What a thing like a novena does um, is sort of provide us sort of a sure path. It's kind of like the sacraments and to a, the, the novenas to a much lesser degree. But the, the sacraments show us an absolutely sure and certain path. Like, for example, can God forgive sins? in other ways than the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. Well, yes, actually he does. The Church even teaches that. But we know that that sacrament gives us this sure and certain path and that beautiful assurance of knowing that we are forgiven in an in, in in a incomparable way. Well, to a lesser degree, a novena will do something like that. If you, you know, fulfill all the... Uh, the requirements of the novena, you can be pretty confident of receiving the graces that are associated with that. But the fact that if we should fall short of, you know, miss a day or two of a novena, the point of it isn't really to check off all the boxes perfectly. You know, you could actually check off all the boxes with an external observance, and maybe your heart still be very far from the Lord. It seems to me your heart, in even asking this question, shows you want to love and praise please God, but, you know, like all of us in this particular area, perhaps you have a weakness right here about the consistency. So God sees in your heart, and God's going to give you the grace that you need and that you desire and ask of Him. So I wouldn't worry about that. But on the other hand, novenas are also good things, uh, for example, of building up that kind of consistency in prayer. And consistency in prayer is a good thing. Uh, it's one of the best things, actually, we can do in prayer. There's not so much we can, a whole lot that we can add, uh, but be, being faithful and being consistent is a wonderful um, habit that we can develop about prayer in general, including you know novenas. So, I recommend it to you. Setting up just things that are helpful, and Marianne can probably help with this sort of thing, that are helpful about setting up any other kind of habits. You know, set yourself a time and a place and make it into a routine and that sort of thing. It makes it easier to, um, um, you know, to, 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 to stay faithful to things that have become habitual to us. That's, and, 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 and that kind of consistency in prayer is good not just for completing a novena, but really for 
really having a deep interior life where you open your heart to the Lord every day and enter into a beautiful interior, you know, dialogue and conversation with Him every day. And so that consistency in prayer is something really to to work for. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, Father. Consistency in prayer, setting down um, the time, putting it on your calendar, set that time and place. And so you've got all of the things... um, around you that help you. you got, you've got the, the guidelines, the bumpers, so to speak, that keep you in your lane and um, and keep you going forward with it, which are sometimes even in, with the best of intentions, we kind of step outside of our lanes on those things and life gets busy and we allow it to and we um, say, oh, well, just today. Well, if you say just today, then tomorrow comes and then there's another excuse. And I'm speaking about myself and speaking from experience. I know that, you know, personally, um, that that's the difficulty for me. Um, One excuse can lead to the next. And um, that's where we have to always be careful with that. But I would agree with Father that God knows our weaknesses, and he loves us in the midst of our weaknesses. And and um, certainly St. Faustina can see us from above and understand our weaknesses. And I think there's some grace that's given just for effort and trying as much as we can, as best we can. He knows our hearts, and she does too. Um, there is a novena that, personally speaking, I've been pretty good with. Do you know what that one might be, Father? Can you guess? I don't know, and I'm dying to hear. All right. Well, this is one of my favorites because it was one of Mother Teresa's favorites. It's Mother Teresa's Flying Novena. Do you know what that one is? Oh, I have heard, but I, I have I, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here it is. So, you know, she. I think Mother uh, Mother Teresa understood really very well uh, the difficulty that a lot of people have with novenas, and her sisters were um, not outside. You know, not a whole lot different than the rest of us are, in or some of us are. I think it, the beauty that they had was community around them. So, and they had a regular schedule uh, in the community and things. But there were times when they really had special needs, and it was like. Knowing full well the power of novenas, Mother Teresa would, and she did this one time when she was uh, going to see Pope John Paul II, um, and she was going to try and get someone in to see him who had not been on their docket. Well, she had a way of doing that, but one of the things that she did before doing that, because she knew she was asking something special from the guards, right? <clears throat> and they were going to say no, because they, they, even if it was her. So she had this flying novena, which is very simple. It's the memorari recited nine times in a row, but then there's the 10th one. And, that, and she added the 10th one in Thanksgiving. Automatically, she was thanking God in advance for the favor that would be fulfilled. So she'd say the memorari, her sister, she and her sisters, 10 times. Um, but it was still called yeah. a novena because the last one was in Thanksgiving for the favor that he was going to um, provide yeah. through that novena. I couldn't remember what prayer it was. I knew it was short, and you did it like, yeah, that's great. That, it's not over nine days. It's You no. do it like right here, right now. You can Who can't say nine memoraries and a tenth one for Thanksgiving? So well, another thing I just add to this, too, is that, you know, if, if you keep having this trouble and you miss a day or two, but... 
that helps you to grow in humility, then that's a that's a tremendous grace in and of itself, you know? If you can just sort of say, oh, Lord, look at your poor little child, your poor little servant. I can't even say nine, you know, things in a row or whatever. And uh, that's why I need to just keep coming to you. Well, then that's a win right there. You know, any growth in humility is a... <laughs> Is a is a great so don't don't get upset or whatever just just say oh just look at silly little me Lord I'm just your little child trying the best that I can yeah and that's a good point Father because you know what that humility causes you to look back and say what is it about me you know maybe it's time for some real internal reflection about what is it about me that I can't even set a time consistent every day to say. These prayers, whatever they are, it's probably not going to take me a whole lot more than 15 minutes to do that. And why am I so rushed, so busy, so preoccupied, so willing to put other things in front of that? And, you know, not shaming yourself in any way. It's just asking that and looking and saying, maybe there are some things that I really do need to change in myself. Um, That can't be a bad thing. Graces can flow from that, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we have just a little bit more time here, Father. And um, I, I think, are there other prayers here, other things that you might be able to add um, that would be quick prayers or things that you have found especially beneficial in your life? I offered that flying novena, which I think is a good one. But yeah, it's a it's a really really good one. Uh, I I think that um, one of the things that I think is, that I've just tried to do are just little things, not maybe particular prayers, but just sort of different attitudes. Like first of all, Thanksgiving. If I find myself at a moment, just to start shooting up prayers of Thanksgiving, of little things at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. I find that be, to get helps really. Be, helps me a lot to really get centered. Yes. Also, mm-hmm. another thing I do is just a number of times during the day, just pray an act of contrition, you know? Mm-hmm. Very good. I, I, I can't tell you how many acts of contrition I pray during the day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always good. I love the Thanksgiving part. And maybe um, as we close out the show now, we might be able to um, thank the Lord for all that we have. Um, we have so many blessings. Um and just end the note, end the show on a note of thanksgiving. And Father, could you send us out with a blessing, please? Certainly. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for, so much for joining us today. And please do send your questions in to abidinginhope.com. And until next time, may God bless you all and um, be grateful for everything that you have. God bless. Yeah.